Welcome back to Real Phonies, where we take a love for movies and television and combine it with very little knowledge about movies and television. I'm your host, Christian. Join me are my co-host, Joseph. Yellow. And Jehu. Cacao! Uh, here to do an annual tradition that we've done here at Real Phonies for, I don't know how many, how three years now. Yeah. Uh, we're going to talk about Oscar nominations, which is weird because nothing really came out last year. Nothing <laughs> deserving of an Oscar, probably. I mean, look, there are things that have won Oscars before that are worse than several of the things that are nominated for Oscars this year. So I'm we're, not like that mad about it. We're looking at you, Crash. Yeah, 100% we're looking at you. It, it is almost like, though, this year, the shit that actually came to the theater this year was stuff like basically the criteria was, well, you know, it won't really matter whether, uh, you know, this, this is seen in a theater or not. You know, like what I'm saying, like, you know, shit like that Scooby-Doo movie and stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. That's what came to the theater. Not really Oscar things. And, and, you know, I have I have ambivalence towards Oscar, but Oscar things are usually at the very least something you need to see on a big screen. And nobody saw anything on the big screen this year. Yeah. There was some, I think, freedom in that if we had chosen to. Like, number one, I know we've complained a lot on the um, availability of Oscar films, especially before the Oscars happen. Uh, you could have solved that this year and just fucking put them on streaming services. Now, I get that a lot of them didn't get made because of COVID. I understand. But um, I feel like if you had small productions, you could have put the film out there for people to see. Uh, also, it could have maybe got the stick out of the Academy's ass on, uh, you know, streaming services and um direct to consumer type of things but i don't know if it, it just feels like i looked at the list of things and i know we're about to go over but it feels like things that we often consider who want to be oscar movies which tends to make a movie really bad right that's true yeah and, and that's i guess that's kind of my issue i guess by talking about the oscars and not the other awards we're lending more credence to the oscars than the other awards and i i do feel that to some degree in the sense that most of the other ones i feel like are more popularity contests than others uh and i feel like of the ones that are available for movies the oscars are the least that way that said the Oscars are prone to a lot of their own little uh, internal bullshit as far as like, you know, the specific kind of things that Oscar voters tend to trend towards. And that also sucks. So, uh, you know, there's not really a correct option. This is the, the best of bad fits for me of the closest we can get to figuring out what the quote unquote best movies, performances, whatever of the year are. Yeah, agreed. Uh, so that, on that note, for those of you who, who may be scratching your heads, be like, wait a second, isn't it fucking March? Yeah, they pushed him back to April this year. I don't really understand why. I don't feel like, uh, you know, that they're still not having uh, an audience for the thing. There's no real reason for them to have pushed it back, but they did. So, you know, you got a whole month to catch up on some of these movies. Some of them are on streaming. Some of them are on on demand. I'm waiting for at least two of them to get cheaper on on demand. But you know here's your guide you have a whole month you have a month and 10 days to uh prepare for your oscars so good luck i can't believe we're doing it like legitimately i can't believe they didn't just say fuck it this year punt it and we'll come back in 2022 i mean i really feel like they should have people watch this shit i mean that's what it's all about tv ratings that's true you watch it i do watch it uh so as far as like surprises things we didn't necessarily expect that got nominated for things uh sound of metal 
uh, which was an Amazon original on Amazon, I think, nagged six different nominations, which is, you know, great for that. It's a good movie. I saw it. Uh, one of the few that I have seen. Definitely, as far as I know, hasn't done as well in the other awards ceremony. So uh, that was unexpected. Uh, Steven Yoon is uh, from Walking Dead fame. Snagged a Best Actor nomination for Min- Minari? Minari? I have no idea how to say it. It's a, it's a tale of the American dream, but it's hard. <laughs> and, and then uh, the only other one that I, I felt was worth noting is the Eurovision Song Contest got a nomination, I think, for Best Song. So, uh, you know, I started that movie. I did not enjoy it, but it, it seems to be incredibly popular on the Internet. Maybe people were just really starved for content, but yeah, well, that actually leads me to one of the ones that I didn't write down for snubs that I think should be on here for snubs. One that I think a lot of people did watch and enjoyed. And it's also like it's, you know, I, I, the Oscars tend to not be kind to comedies, uh, but I think most people enjoyed and thought was fairly like quality content. Uh, Palm Springs didn't get anything. Yeah which is yeah. a bummer because that's a great movie. It's a really fun one. Uh, I think the, the biggest one that threw the most people was uh, both Daniel Kaluuya and Lakeith Stanfield are nominated for Best Supporting Actor for G- uh, Judas and the Black Messiah, which you might be wondering, then who was the lead actor? Good fucking question. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know that that's... I think when watching that role, I feel like they both have pretty equal billing, but I would probably put, I guess... I don't know. I don't know. That's tough. It's Stanfield's I feel like story. I mean, it, it's it's it is his story, but he is definitely outshone by the other one. I don't know. They're they're very different performances. But I feel like in a situation like that where it really is a split lead, there's two leads. It should be Highlander rules. <laughs> okay. Does that mean one of them had to cut off the head of the other one, or yeah, only no, one no, can make it? Yeah, there there can be only one. Yes, they they have to meet in a duel and one of them has to behead the other one and then at that point they are the the best actor nominee man that's <laughs> which would hang on which a second. would suck if you don't win by this the way. this is important who do you think would win in a fight between daniel kaluuya and lakeith sanfield i think daniel kaluuya i mean look daniel kaluuya's 100 got the physical advantage i just feel like lakeith stanfield's got some like some crazy in him well, and I mean, also, you know, I mean, you know, this this is a sword fight, so it really be skill with the saber. That's true. We have no I, way I, to. I, I know, I know. Lakeith Stanfield loves anime, so I'm sure he's practiced with a katana at least once. <laughs> Were either of them on any Game of Thrones like show Ooh. that I don't watch? Da- I don't... Daniel Kaluuya was in Black Panther though, where he played a warrior. That's like, he had true. To have some weapons good training. Point. That's, That's true. Point. It would just really suck if you murdered a man and then didn't win. Yeah, no, for sure. Like, like <laughs> you know what I did to get here. <laughs> it was great to be nominated, but you know, it 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 would have felt better killing that guy if I would have won. That's actually that's that puts me more in favor of it being a real thing, like that <laughs> kind got, of experience. You got, you got some skin in the game now. <laughs> anyway, uh, other other snubs that I wanted to get into: uh, Jodie Foster and the whole movie of the Mauritanian, which I don't know a goddamn thing about, and I've never heard anything about before. It started winning awards at other th- uh, like the Golden Globes and stuff. Best Picture: The uh, Five Bloods, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, and One Night in Miami were not on the list, even though I think yeah they only listed one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. So there was room for two more. They're just assholes. Uh, <laughs> Regina- I mean, every year we do this where yeah, we're like, there's 10, just fucking just nominate fucking 10. 10. That's, it's, it drives me crazy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, even if it's like, if it's fucking Will Ferrell, just throw him on there. Gosh, I would like that. 
uh, Oscar nominee Will Ferrell. <laughs> Regina King was was notably absent from the best director list. Admittedly, as we've talked about on this podcast, One Night in Miami is kind of a dumb movie, but it's exactly the kind of dumb that the the Academy really likes. So I am a little bit surprised by that one. I, I'm honestly surprised that it is just like sweeping because it does seem like very Oscar baby. A hundred percent. But I think that's all I had for, for snubs. Again, you know, there weren't even that movies too snub this year. So yeah, it's like we've talked about every movie that we actually watched in the last 12 months right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My one not real snub, but again, if this were a year to break the best animated picture, best picture, you know, split, yeah, it's soul. Soul is real fucking good. Uh, and it deserves to be nominated for best picture, in my opinion. But I understand the Academy's, you know, it, uh, after Parasite, it won in two categories. Let fucking the animated movie win in two categories. It's a it's a discussion for another day. Well, is it? Because we're talking about Oscar nominations. No, it feels right. like that's, it's the most appropriate day to talk about. That, it, this seems like if we if we wait, we're not going to talk about it for another year. That's fine. We'll be doing this forever. Keep going. All right, do I, I was going to go through the list of the nominee or the uh, the categories from the least exciting to well, actually really, really just in the order that it was on this website that I pulled it from, uh, and do our predictions. So be be ready on your hair trigger for uh, which one sounds best to you because we haven't seen most of these and we don't really have an opinion. <laughs> this is uh, going to be great. Yeah, <laughs> so great uh, content. <laughs> best visual effects, which is usually the one where you put like your Avengers movies, but there were no Avengers movies. Right. Uh, So we got Love and Monsters, Midnight Sky, Mulan, The One and Only Ivan, and Tenet, which, oh God, there aren't even that many Tenet nominations. I forgot to mention that, but. I'm going Mulan because it's the one I watched. Did it have good visual effects? Yeah, it was a good looking movie. Uh, I'm still going to give it to Tenet because they're going to have to give Christopher Nolan something. Otherwise, they're not going to feel good about themselves. Hurt? I guess I should give it to Tenet because that's the one I saw. But I, I don't feel strongly enough about it to uh, to say it is. I, I'm I'm going no winner. Nobody should get to win. Okay. <laughs> I like if, that if answer for des- this year. If we can decide two people can't get a nominated out of ten, why can't we decide <laughs> nobody wins? Everybody go back and do a better job next year. Yep. Uh, for production de- design, we've got the father, uh, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, uh, Mank, News of the World, and Tenet. I, I feel like it, it, it's got news be of Mank. the world. It's a period piece. It's got to be Mank because it's about old timey Hollywood and it's black and white. Yeah, it probably will win. That's right. <laughs> if if there's like yep. type music, then yeah, let it win. Sure, okay. <laughs> uh, best makeup and hairstyling. We got Emma, Hillbilly Elegy, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Mank, and Pinocchio. I'm gonna go Emma because I saw that one and I actually like that movie. That's also what I'd go with just because I like the trailer for it. Did anyone see the Pinocchio movie? Did anyone no, see anything about up. the Pinocchio movie? <laughs> I saw the trailer. It looked real disturbing. Yeah. I didn't even know it had came out. Yeah. Well, Hurt, it's got, like, it's Hurt, like you an have Italian a prediction. movie. Yeah, it is. I, no, I'm going with nobody again. Nobody okay. gets to win this. Okay. Uh, best international feature film. Uh, oh, we, great. We don't know any of these. So this is based <laughs> on the name. This, this, this is, is our like most racist category. <laughs> I, I, honestly, it's, it's, it's less racist than it used to be as far as the category is because it used to be just be best foreign film and now it's at least best international film. But yeah. us picking solely off of a name. 100%. Does not sound, yeah. No doubt. Uh, another Round, Better Days, Collective, 
the man who sold his skin or Kovadis Ida. <laughs> Definitely man who sold his skin for name alone. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's pretty universal. I can't I can't not do it either. The best film editing. We got The Father, Nomadland, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, and The Trial of the Chicago Seven. I'm going Sound of Metal. I don't know why. I just going for it. Yeah, I feel like this is gonna be Nomad Land. Just the trailers got all those like really sweeping, you know, artsy landscape shots of sunrise. It seems like a thing that they'd go for. I don't know. I'm going with that. Nobody. All right. <laughs> <laughs> it'd be, it'd be <laughs> my favorite thing is I want I want her to be right. I want them to get up on stage and be like, nobody earned it this year. <laughs> all my other nobodies was were just bitchy, but I guess the uh, the international one is racist and bitchy. Yep. Uh, best documentary short subject: Colette, a concerto is conversation. Do not split. Hunger Ward. And a love song for Latasha. I don't know. Hunger Ward. I wanted to go the music one, but it sounds douchey. So. I'm, I'm going for music one because I am douchey. Yeah, it makes a ton of sense. Hunger Ward kind of sounds like it would be one of those back when they were making like scary movie, epic movie, date movie, that sort of thing. It would be like for the Hunger War, uh, Hunger Games. So I'm letting that mm. one. Yeah. Didn't like they that. do that? They probably did. They did so many of those. I'm positive. I'm positive. I've seen that one. And then at some point they just started going direct to video. So at that point, I really don't know how many of them there are. Yeah. Uh, best documentary feature, collective crip camp, the mole agent, my octopus teacher and time. It's gotta be my octopus teacher. Cause it's on Netflix and people actually saw it. Yeah. That's was my choice. I I'm going to go with my octopus teacher. Just because it sounds like something I would zone out about while you guys were talking about it. That's fair. I'm kind of surprised that hasn't happened yet. <laughs> I mean, it's that, it sounds like an anime title, right? It does. Oh, it, in fact, it is well, actually yeah, an anime. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> I thought this was documentary. It is, but there we we have Christian and I have both watched an anime that is functionally that uh, that premise. Yes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> best cinematography: uh, Judas and the Black Messiah, Mank. News of the World, Nomad Land, or The Trial of the Chicago Seven. Yeah, I mean, this was where I would go, Nomad Land. That's fair. I might go Mank just because I feel like that's what David Fincher's known for. Oh, man. Yeah, sure. Why not, Mank? <laughs> also, I, you know, I feel like Aaron Sorkin's getting a lot of credit on this. Has, has any Aaron Sorkin thing really had like fantastic film quality, or is it just good Aaron Sorkin writing? Probably the Aaron Sorkin, David Fincher thing. Probably right, social network. Yeah, okay. No, two shit. Yeah, oh, okay. You, you yeah. got me. You got me. Uh, best live action short film. Feeling Through, The Letter Room, The Present, Two Distant Strangers, and White Eye. White Eye just sounds great, so I'm going to go with that one. I'm going Jay Hughes' answer. Nobody. All right. None of that I'm, sounds interesting. I'm back to nobody on this one again. I was trying to play along for a minute, but I can't be interested. I love it. <laughs> Uh, best animated short film. I always wonder where these short films go because I would like to watch these. Uh, YouTube, Burrow, which is a Disney film. Uh, Genius Loki, maybe. I don't know. Uh, if anything happens, I love you. That sounds dark. Opera and Yes People. I'm going opera. I'm going. If anything happens, I love you because that sounds like the kind of tearjerker shit they like. Nobody. Nobody. <laughs> <laughs> uh, best costume design. Emma. Mank, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Mulan, Pinocchio. Oh, this is hard because so many of this, like any, if these were all in different year categories, they would all win. Probably. Um, 
I don't know, fucking Emma, probably. Or Mank. One of those two. I'm going Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. It does seem uh, like something they would throw to a black ensemble. Agree. Yeah, you know what? I, I th- This one seems like the most in any other year you'd know exactly what it is. But, you know, this year, while there's really nobody involved that's going to get that pissed off, why not throw it something new, you know? Uh, best sound. This one, I feel like, has a clear winner, but we'll see how it goes. Uh, Greyhound, Mank, News of the World, Soul, and Sound of Metal. I'm going to go Soul. I mean, not seen it. I'm going to go Soul. And I'm also going to say I'm really fucking excited that uh, Tenet did not get nominated. <laughs> Touche, right? Yeah. Uh, and I'm going to go Sound of Metal because that's the whole selling point of the movie. But uh, best original score to five bloods, Mank, Minery, uh, News of the World and Soul. I'll probably go Soul here also. You know what? I shit on Trent Reznor a lot, but he's really made nothing but good stuff in movies. So here's the thing. I watched Soul and did not know Trent Reznor did the music until like two days ago. Um, It's really outside of his wheelhouse, I think. And I quite liked it. It's pretty good. Also, he's double nominated here. He also did the score for Mank. He's been a busy little boy during quarantine. Right on. Well, good, good for. Why is he even bothering to stay in shape? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like he he stays all buff and good looking to tour in a band. Who gives a shit if you can do this work? Who wants to be in a band? Uh huh. For best original song, we got "Fight for You" from Judas and the Black Messiah. "Hear My Voice," uh, "Trial of the Chicago 7, "Husavik" from the Eurovision Song Contest. Uh, EOC. The Life Ahead and Speak Now, One Night in Miami. I've seen two of these movies and I don't remember either of those original songs. I'm going the Eurovision one just to fuck it up. I love it. I'm not, same with me. Same All right. That's our one unanimous pick. Yeah. Uh, original screenplay, Judas and the Black Messiah, Minery, uh, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, and The Chicago 7. Uh, I'm going Sound of Metal just because of how hard you I'm sold also, it to me. I'm also going Sound of Metal. It feels like the kind of shit that they'd, they'd go for for screenplay. I, I, I'm going with Judas and the Black Messiah because I saw it and I liked it. That's a good that's a reason. It's a good reason. Uh, adapted screenplay. Please tell me what this is adapted from. Uh, Borat, the subsequent movie film. I probably should have mentioned that in surprises. Uh, the Father, Nomadland, One Night in Miami, and White Tiger. <laughs> I'm going to use Jay Hughes' reasoning. I'll go One Night in Miami because it's the one I saw and I liked it. I think this is the one where it's clear that they they easily should give it to One Night in Miami, but they're going to give it to the father. It's definitely it, uh, One Night in Miami is the most obviously adapted thing I've ever seen. Yep. So I, I, I would go I would go for it just for that. I just was it not only was Borat not adapted, but was it even scripted? Yeah, right. Like, isn't it mostly the, just well? To be fair, the, the screen the screenplay has about twenty names in it. So I guess anybody who had a line was a writer. <laughs> okay. Uh, best animated film, the most contentious one for this podcast. Uh, Onward. Can you fucking believe that came out last year? Yeah, forever ago. It was right at the beginning of quarantine. Yeah. Over the Moon, uh, uh, Sean the Sheep movie, Soul, and Wolf Walkers. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but I saw f- how many other five? I saw four of them, I think. Oh, did you really? Look at you. Yeah. You're a parent. Yep. Um, and it's tough because uh, Onward, Over the Moon, and Soul are all great. I liked all of them a lot. Speaking of fucking disses, uh, there's a song in Over the Moon that absolutely should win for best original song. Um, it's uh, What's Her Butt from Hamilton. Eliza. Uh, she's incredible in it. I'm going Soul. It's great. 
I'm also really, really soul. Great. It seems like the obvious choice. Yeah, I'll go so I even though I didn't see it, I realize I should have. <laughs> you still can. You have <laughs> Disney Plus. It's That's not true. outside your your uh... well, I should have by now. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh actress in a supporting role, uh Maria Bakalova from Borat. Apparently Borat's getting a lot of love here. Uh Glenn Close, who has never won an Oscar and probably won't this year either. Uh Olivia Coleman from The Father, Amanda Seyfried from Mank, and uh Yu Jung Yon from uh Meanery. Well, this would be the year to give it to Glenn Close because it doesn't really count. But apparently uh, that movie is racist, I, like white racist as shit. hundred <laughs> percent. I heard it's terrible. Uh so I was gonna say give it to uh, Olivia Coleman. Olivia She's Coleman's great so in everything. Good. Yeah. Yeah, give her a second one. Yeah, you know, uh Wait, no, I, we I, should we should all agree we need to give it to the girl from Borat. For for the fucking Rudy Giuliani bullshit, I'm rescinding my answer. Uh, I, I I was about to do another bit. You're right. That's, that's great. I'm I'm going with her too. Also, she was pretty good. Oh, good. Uh, best actor in a supporting role. Both the leads from uh, Judas and the Black Messiah. Leslie Odom Jr. from One Night in Miami. Paul Rachi from Sound of Metal, and Sasha Baron Cohen from The Trial of Chicago Seven. I it's got to be one of the Judas and the Black Messiah ones. Yeah, the, I could be happy with either. I'll think, go. I'll go Daniel. But I'll also I think go Daniel. But they're both really good at it. I'm gonna go with Leslie Odom Jr. Even though Judas and the Black Messiah was a much better movie, I like Leslie Odom Jr. was easily the best performance in that movie. And, yeah, I, that's what that's what I feel bad for. Above. I feel like both these both the Judas guy should be in lead actor, and Leslie right. should have easily gotten supporting actor here. Right. I honestly would be happy if any of the three of them, because I thought they were all three great in their movie. Yeah. Uh, best actress in a leading role. We got Viola Davis, Andra Day, Vanessa Kirby, uh, Francis McDormand, and Carrie Mulligan. You just stopped telling us the movies. You don't even uh, give sorry. a shit anymore. <laughs> Viola Davis, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Andra Day, The United States versus Billie Holiday, Vanessa Kirby, Pieces of a Woman, Francis McDormand, Nomadland, and Carrie Mulligan, Promising Young Woman. Uh, Viola Davis. I'm okay. going with Francis McDermott just because, you know, I'm a mark for the Coens. Short curveball here. I'm going Vanessa Kirby because I don't know anything about that movie, but it seems like the kind of surprise bullshit that would win. Actor in a leading role, Riz Ahmed, Sound of Metal, Chadwick Boseman, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Anthony Hopkins, The Father, Gary Oldman, Mank, or Stephen Yoon and Minery. Uh, Riz Ahmed. Uh, you know, here's the thing. Do you think nominating Chadwick is enough for the Academy? No, he'll probably win. Yeah, it'll be a Heath Ledger situation, but I don't. I don't know. I didn't watch that movie. I, can't, I haven't seen I can't it either. Critique, so. I, I suspect, having not seen it, Anthony Hopkins has been doing his best work the older he gets. I suspect he fucking crushes whatever this this movie is, but he will not win. It will probably go to Chadwick Boseman. I'm I'm going with Chad, Chadwick Boseman. It, regardless of quality, it would be crazy if he didn't win. We shall see. Uh, best director, we got uh, Thomas Vinterberg from Another Round, David Fincher for Mank, Lee Isaac Chung for Minery, uh, Chloe Zhao uh, for Nomadland, and Emerald Fennel for Promising Young Woman. I'm going Chloe Zhao because she directed Eternals. That's my reason. I like it. I'm going David Fincher because it's the Academy. I was gonna. Uh, I, I was. I was going to go with nobody on this, but uh, but uh, because of Christian's answer, I'm going with that. I love it. <laughs> and then Best Picture, I'm not even going to tell you the options. What do you think is going to win Best Picture? I don't remember what was nominated. Have, having listened I'm going to go Judas the and the Black Messiah. Okay. Actually, I mean, you know it might actually be Judas and the Black Messiah. I could see that being the big winner this year. 
I mean, more people are probably going to have seen it. I feel like in any other year, it would probably be Mank. I yep. feel like Mank's the kind 100%. of sucking its own dick Hollywood shit they like. Yep. But, uh, but this could be the year where everything's been turned on its head that we do something different. I also think so. there's going to be enough Academy voters that feel bad that both of the actors made it into supporting and none of them made it into lead that they might just <laughs> give it a boost in the best picture category. That's a good point. They should feel bad about it. They that. should feel bad about it. So those are our Oscar predictions. Uh, we don't know anything about what we're talking about as usual, but I'm going to compare these when the actual thing comes around. But uh, yeah, keep an eye out for these movies. Uh, a lot of them are on demand. Some of them are on streaming services. Uh, but again, we got we got a good time amount of time to prepare, and hopefully they're more accessible than usual, if not still annoyingly somewhat inaccessible. I'm gonna mid podcast right here break kayfabe and make a proposal about the podcast. We should from here on out only talk about shit we don't give a shit about. Okay, because <laughs> we just tore ass through this and it was pretty fun. I'm glad. I don't yeah. know if it was fun to listen to, but. Hey, I yeah. think it would. I would have fun listening to this episode. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think I'll let you guys have anything else for the Oscar stuff. No, that's it for the Oscars. Another month from now, we'll come back to it. See how it goes. What have we been watching this past week, guys? So I was only going to talk about one thing. The thing I've been talking about for like three weeks. I finished it, and then like I had like a life changing event happen to me on Friday, and so I, I have to talk about that as well which is that I rewatched Tenacious D, The Pick of Destiny for the first time in many years. Right on. Um, I was a young, young buck uh, back in 2006, I think when that movie came out, working at the Rave on W Street. It was like my go-to break movie with, I get like a little thing of Surge, a little thing of popcorn, go watch Master Exploder. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've probably seen that movie upwards of 50 times. I connect a lot with it. Like when JB was a kid, like I had a lot. I had like a Dio poster and a Queen poster on my wall. And I grew up in like a conservative Christian home and I had long hair and listened to the devil's music. Like, I don't know. I, I it's a stupid movie, but I love Tenacious D. I, I love the show. I love their music. I love the movie. I get it. But this time I'm watching it, I notice a special little detail that I have never noticed before, which makes it all the more real to me. Um, <clears throat> flashback again. When I lived in Alaska, Joseph, I think I've told you this before. I don't know, JQ, I've never, I don't know if I've ever told you, but I visited an establishment um, called the Alaskan Bush Company. Now, this is not a hardware store. Um, <laughs> It is the most stereotypical idea of what an Alaskan strip club could be. It is literally a giant log cabin full of the clientele or burly men with beards and flannel shirts. Um, it is a uh, uh, full display kind of um, situation. I would, um, I would expect so from the name. Yep. Uh, definitely not a hardware store. I only ever went to one strip club in Alaska and I only went one time and it was the Alaskan Bush Company. So what does this have to do with the pick of destiny? Well, in the master exploder scene, Lee, the uh, super fan driver roadie character, pizza delivery guy from Wake and Bake Pizza, is wearing a shirt from the <laughs> Alaskan Bush Company. <laughs> That is that is a very small in joke that you share with somebody in that production. That yeah, is pretty great. I, man. I, when I tell you guys, it literally 
I, literally my head exploded. Like half, <laughs> um, it was it, it literally threw me for a loop. I have been thinking about it for like four days ever since. It's just blew my mind. Uh, That's always a great feeling when you see something in a movie. And it's like, oh, my God, I have to let someone know about this immediately. And then the next thought is who is going to care? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's I, a joke that's like solely for me, which is what right. makes it stranger. Yeah. I, you know, I, I got to say, I don't know if Regina is still a listener of this podcast, but someone should invite her back for this episode because she loves the pick of destiny. She does. That's true. So the thing I've been watching, I, Christian Jones of Sound Mind and Sound Body, decided it was finally time to rewatch Game of Thrones. All right. All right. I'm uh, into this. So I powered through it over like 10 days, uh, like two days a week for a few weeks, three days a week or whatever, for a few weeks where I would just do like a whole season in a day. And uh, I got to say, it plays better as a binge, the, uh, especially the ending. I thought the feels more earned because some of the shit, like especially with Daenerys, I think that's the easy example. Um, a lot of the Mad Queen tendencies, I feel like you can see hints of in the early seasons. And then when she's like in Slaver's Bay or in Marine, we kind of get away from that. Um, but I I felt like, hey, this is still better than Transformers. Or it kind of reminded me why I love the show so much back in my top 10 shows. But I want to address the three major complaints. I kind of already did the first one. I do think the ending feels more earned. However, they go about it the wrong way, like fucking the Tarleys being the thing that's like the driving force between Sam. I get it. John, Danny, it's his family. I still think Danny's in the right in all of that. I don't feel like a lot of her decisions that they try to make her seem like a bad guy about. She's necessarily wrong on. Um, I think John and Danny still have zero chemistry. That's right, really yeah. where it tears that whole show apart is making me believe those two love each other. They do not. They don't even like each other. Right. I don't like watching them together. Um, it's it's not good. They, they don't make incest sexy at all. No, <laughs> not nearly enough. And then number three, shit does happen out of order. The Night King fight should be the last fight of the show. I I, I complained a lot when we did a re our reviews on it that the, uh, the Long Night episode uh, was basically not enjoyable because you can't see shit. And that's still kind of true. But I, I had a lot more fun. It was a lot more suspenseful uh, with it this time. And uh, maybe because my expectations were tempered. But that should be the end of the show. And mm. I feel like there are a lot of things that they felt they couldn't do, um, you know, like Jamie and Cersei and other stuff. So they did it in that order particular. But I think there are like really simple solutions for all of that, like fucking maybe maybe Jamie actually does love Brienne more than he loves Cersei like seven seasons of character development would tell me he does right or because he wants to die in the arms of the woman he loves you don't have to take him back to Cersei for that he could have died in Brienne's arms in the middle of the long night for that or the Mad Queen thing maybe you know what's most important to John is saving the lives of Northerners, and maybe uh, Danny gets to a point where she so feels so threatened by the Night King or the death of her dragons that she just fuck doesn't give a shit anymore and just starts blowing everything up, and that's when he feels like he has to kill her because at what cost are they going to win? Like I think we still could have got the same things if we had just fucking switched the two fights, but overall good time i i did not waste my time rewatching game of thrones which i was afraid i was going to do i've been thinking of doing that and you know i wasn't as hard on the ending as a lot of people were so uh that that is encouraging that it might be fun i had I a mean, good time 
I mean, look, I feel confident that I could go back through the first five seasons and have a good time, but I still feel like the last two seasons would frustrate me. I mean, they're not good. I'm not going to tell you that they're good. Are there two I or think... three seasons after? I don't even remember. It's eight seasons total. Oh, shit, yeah, three more. So, I mean, like the Dorn from Dorn when Dorn comes in on is not good besides Oberyn. And God, Oberyn is so fucking good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so good. He's landed several big franchises on pretty much one role. Yep. He's only in six episodes. I know. Yeah. It's great. I don't actually want, want to spend time in this episode relitigating the, the Game of Thrones stuff, but I feel like you're right in that they laid a lot of the correct groundwork for Danny in the early seasons. But they, I don't feel like they just... I feel like there was such an easy avenue in, in whatever season seven or eight, whatever that is, to be like, she perceives the people of King's Landing as the people that the traitors that murdered her family and put her in the position she's been in her whole life and are not her people at all. And I think that's a really easy sell for like, okay, no, this is a much more understandable motivation, Uh, but they don't even, it's just, it's literally like right there on the table and they don't go for it. Yeah, no, it's, it's completely agree. They don't, they think they have enough and what they have to me is, is not inherently that bad. Like, you know, Tyrion does get a lot of shit wrong and a lot of her people do die. And so it makes sense why she would kind of be like, hey, this is how I've done it before. Let me do it again. And we were all fine when she did it in Slaver's Bay. Mm -hmm. But now that she's in Westeros, we're supposed to feel guilty or like she's too harsh. Um, I think her approach is very similar to both. And so it's it's a weird place for me to suddenly feel like, oh, she's inherently evil for this. Right, right. It, it just, I don't know. They're the worst two actors on the show. And it, it just, <laughs> and, and they were the last two. Yeah, it's it's hard, hard to accept. And I will never forget it for not showing me Wormtongue and John, not Wormtongue, fucking Grey Worm and Jon Snow fighting. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, that, that seemed like, oh, shit, this is about to go down. But instead, we got that weird time jump break. That was that was lame. Yeah. But that's all. All right. Hurt. Uh, well, one thing, one thing I'll mention uh, a few weeks ago, I talked about law and order and I talked about how one of the things with law and orders it's tell is when you recognize someone, that's who did it. But a thing I've noticed, these are getting old enough now that you've got to check what year it is to make that call. For example, <laughs> I watched one the other day with Pedro Pascal and I was like, oh shit, he did it. But he didn't do it because he was like in 2007. Yeah. He was very sexy back then. His face was much more angular back then oh he's a little puffy now yeah um so um the other day uh you know short version i got kind of bummed out i was like what can i do to not be bummed out and i decided i was gonna go buy myself a toy you know this worked in the seventh grade why wouldn't it work now so uh i i went out i've been looking for these there's these transformer uh uh, Transformers that are based specifically out of the Transformers, the movie, the 86 movie, not the movie that we judge our whole podcast on. Yeah. And, you know, they're sort of done in that design and that color scheme. And I'd seen the hot rod a few weeks ago and not picked it up. And then it was gone. And I've regretted it ever since. I was like, so I'm going to go to every place in town and see if I can find it. I didn't find that, but I found the Grimlock, which I thought I would never have. And also, from my personal history, I owned all of the other Dinobots except for Grimlock as a kid. So this was very fucking exciting for me. So I bought that shit. I brought it home. 
and it made me not depressed anymore. Yay! Uh, <laughs> things do fill a hole in your heart. Right, they do. I, well, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't need Jesus at all. <laughs> maybe I'll be, maybe I'll hold that on Judgment Day. I'll hold my transformers. I, I, it's like I never got on board, but I do have this. Do you want it? <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, uh, you know, I, I, you know, I. I on the uh, on the on the podcast a lot have went off on how I say that you know people who uh, people are just snooty and elitist when they shit on nostalgia. Nostalgia is totally a fine thing to have in moderate doses, and in this time, nostalgia was very helpful for me. So you know, uh, uh, I will give this Transformer better than transformers i'll give transformers the movie 1986 better than transformers <laughs> and and i'll give nostalgia as a way of battling depression better than transformers that's all i got man i literally just had the thought this week you know i i, I just turned 30 years old and right. the the power of nostalgia over me has already like uh increased like multiple fold like something that might have been like, oh, you know, that was I remember that it was cool. Now, like tugs at my heartstrings in, in a very like immersive way. Like, uh, yeah, I've, I discovered Weezer Radio on Pandora <laughs> and I didn't even like that shit that much at the time. But like now that I hear it, I'm like, oh, I, I remember where I was when this happened. And so I realized that the, the amount that nostalgia affects me now versus the amount it affected me five years ago, I can't imagine how powerful nostalgia is if you make it to like 80 years old. Like right. it's gotta be like enthralling. When, when nothing you like is left. Yeah. Everything <laughs> is just weird and different and not as good as you remember it. Totally. Yeah. Well, you guys, you ever watch those videos of like people with Alzheimer's, like listening to music from like their twenties? And then, like, suddenly be able to remember, like, a ton of shit. No, I haven't. Yeah, well, I, I mean, it's a very real thing that, like, nostalgia is, can, like, trigger, like, neurons in the brain that are pretty much, like, completely shut off from each other. It's an incredibly powerful tool. But it, um, except, except for me, it's going to be, uh, you know, I'm going to be sitting like a vegetable in my chair at night. It's my chemical old. romance. And no, and, and someone in the family says, you know, that Rise of Skywalker movie really was. Oh, oh fuck oh, you. That's one in the whole series. <laughs> I have, I have I, a this, miraculous recovery. This thing I'm about to say probably shouldn't be in the podcast, but I just wanted to tell Christian this. I found out like two days ago. I've I've talked to the guitar player from my Kimmelman romance numerous times, bro. That's <laughs> yeah, dope. I, I I didn't know what his name was, but I got some email about uh you know from Reverb. Oh, for like, work? Yes, yes. <sighs> like like I got this I I got this email and it was like uh you know Frank Iero or however you pronounce yeah it's, yeah uh, yeah uh, uh rig rundown. It's like Frank Iero. I've sold shit to Frank Iero. And it's it's that dude. So that's super cool, man. Do you guys sell um, shit on Reverb? We we sell we yeah we but if somebody if somebody like backs out on a guitar, then we'll just go ahead and put it together and sell it on Reverb. That makes sense. Yeah, cool. I don't have much to talk about. It's another anime that you guys probably won't watch, but I'm still going to talk about it anyway. It's a show called Whoa, Fuck. I'm going to fuck it up. Wotakoi, I think. Uh, it's on Amazon. It's another romance anime, but it's it's unusual in a couple aspects. So almost, almost all anime, regardless of, of genre, 
take place in high school. Christian can affirm this. It's a, approximately 90 to 95% of anime. Yep. hundred <laughs> <laughs> uh, percent. And even more than that, most romance things, regardless of genre, even outside of anime take place very much in kind of like the meat uh, there's there's attraction, there's tension, and then the the rest of the series is about you know will they won't they kind of whatever until like the actual relationship starts, uh, and that's like the achievement at the end. This one's really different. The uh, first off, they're adults and they work at an office, which is weirdly refreshing. Right. Uh, but it's it's two childhood friends who are both like closeted nerds that they don't want to tell other people about. Like they just really like comics and video games and shit. Uh, And even though they don't really have like chemistry or like attraction to one another, they just decide that, Hey, let's just try dating and see, like, see, see how it goes. Uh, And I don't know. It's like a weirdly refreshing uh, story because it's not like a bunch, you know, it's so much of the romance thing. And I have nothing against it because I've just finished watching one that I really enjoy. Uh, but, you know, is, is like these elaborate uh, miscommunications and situations to, to put uh, weird comical circumstances where these people, uh, you know, confuse each other and even though they like each other. But this one's very much just about like kind of like adult relationship. It's them. It's another couple friend who have been like together since high school and are not necessarily like maybe the best fits for one another, but have just been doing it for so long that they like they get it. Uh, and it's just like the dumb shit that, you know, are, are really issues think that come up in in real relationships instead of weird uh uh comical circumstances which honestly are funny in their own right because a lot of them are are still dumb and largely due to miscommunication but much more realistic miscommunication oh but it's just interesting because it's 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 kind of a reverse thing where they're really just hanging out together the main characters and they really just enjoy spending time with each other and that kind of slowly blossoms into like okay now we like sometimes we touch and you know, sometimes we like do things for each other that you don't do for friends. And I don't mean sexual things, even though it immediately sounded like I did when I meant that. <laughs> I mean, like, just, you know, kind things. But it's a good show. I really liked it. But it's on, on Amazon, which means it will never get another season because Amazon hates their own content. <laughs> That's true. They, they do not believe in second seasons for things not called the boys. It fucking, it fucking hurts me on the inside. I'm rewatching Vinland Saga with the wife. And Vinland Saga is genuinely one of the best animes I've ever seen. Uh, it's it's absolutely phenomenal. It's based on a comic that's like, you know, got a bazillion issues. The first season of the show is essentially the prologue to the story. And it's exceptional. Uh, and that came out two years ago. And there's no no uh, indication of a second season. Because it's even hard to find it on Amazon, even if you know the name of it. It's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> I hate Amazon. I think Amazon, since they're never going to do more than one season or two at the most anyway, their stick should be they make pilot seasons. We'll make the first season of your show to sell it to someone else. That's not a bad idea. You yeah, just... I like that. <laughs> I like that a lot. Can I make that streaming service? Maybe right? not Amazon do it. I'll right. give you no money and, you, and we'll just sell it later and everyone will be happy. I mean, it's a, it's a pretty good idea because so much of, of like the issue with pilot season, like the old school pilot season is you just had to take a chance on it. You had to buy it and, and make it. And then sometimes it wouldn't even make it to audiences. You could still pay for the pilot and, and make an episode or a couple episodes or a whole season and have it up for people, adventurous people like us to try single seasons or a few episodes of a show. And then based on viewership, uh, sell it as like marketing data to people who actually have money to 
make a whole show. This is actually not a terrible idea that we've come up with. Right. Shit. Well, anyway, we can't do any of that, so we're just going to keep making this dumb podcast. True. Uh, next week, Zack Snyder's Justice League. Woo! Christian wants to do all the Zack Snyder movies. Probably not going to happen, but... Okay. I, well, I, I am planning on watching the two shitty movies leading up to this shitty movie, so I can really appreciate all the shittiness. See? Okay, Jay Hughes in. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I was also going to do the theatrical cut of Justice League so I could compare effectively because I haven't watched it in a long time. But I'm also kind of debating to fuck that movie and just do the two Zack Snyder ones and, and view it as like Zack Snyder's trilogy. Man, my issue with this plan is we don't have time to actually make an episode about all three of them. So I'd really just be watching the first two for me, I guess. And I don't want to do that. Me doesn't want to do that. <laughs> Fair enough. I, I'm doing it as uh, research. That's what I'm claiming. Uh, okay. Me, me Claim too. it on your exactly. taxes. <laughs> I should. That's a good idea. Uh, hey, since we have this dumb podcast, can I claim my streaming services every month on my taxes? Shit, that's actually not the worst idea you've ever come up with. <laughs> that and our I'm, pilot only streaming service. I mean, particularly since we don't wait, make any money on this, we could probably claim it as a loss. <laughs> there yeah. you, hey i like this we need to incorporate we need real phonies yeah. llc yeah, yeah, yeah. but anyway that's our podcast for this week so next week Zack snyder's justice league uh for whoever's got four extra hours in their life that they want to throw away that they won't ever get back we're so close to good shit though i mean we are Zach, we are good close to good shit godzilla versus kong i think is next friday <laughs> see just going into this how, do you do you want this to fail or succeed? I'm not talking about quality. I'm just talking about how it's taken by the pump. I want it to succeed because I just want it. I just want further reason for DC to have no fucking clue what they're going to do. <laughs> that's exactly that's exactly what I was going to say. I just want it to muddy up the version waters further. I just want them to be like, well, what the fuck do we do now? This is the yeah. one thing we decided we weren't doing. Me and, and you, man. Going on. <laughs> Yeah, I'm fucking, that's what I want. Yeah, totally. Well, we'll see what happens. Uh, but thank you guys for listening. Uh, if you want to talk to us about your Oscar predictions or things you got, think you got snubbed or should have been recognized more or literally anything you want us to talk about, uh, you can reach us at realphonies.gmail.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter at realphonies and on Instagram at real underscore phonies. Thanks to Zach Evans for and Brian Velasquez for our theme. We'll see you guys next week. Later. Later.